Hey, what's good, my amazing friends? This is Sarah Amazing Grace, and you are listening to The Remedy. Hey, you guys, welcome back. Welcome back. It's a new week. Oh, boy, and have I got a scoop for you this <laughs> this week. <sighs> Controversy. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to maybe blow some of you away or maybe even blow some minds. But, oh, man, I tell you what. After every show, you guys, I get uh, DMs, direct messages, private messages, whatever, on my different social media accounts and in my email. Uh, the email is asksaragrace at gmail.com. And you can find me on social media, mostly on Instagram at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Sarah underscore amazing underscore grace. And you can find me on Truth Social at at Sarah Grace. And so anyway, you can find me in all those places. And after every show, I get DMs. And usually, um, they are encouraging, they're heart touching. They are, you know, people sharing their stories and how the podcast touched them or, you know, whatever, you know, something that has sparked inside of them, which is amazing. And I love it. But Every now and again, I get um, haters and that's okay. That happens, you know, everyone's on their own trip and, you know, whatever. But, whoa, baby, watch out. (laughs) After today's show, I can bet you that my DMs are going to be full of the haters. And, you know, it's not going to be necessarily those who are not believers, which oftentimes in my DMs it is. Actually, no, I think it's probably 50-50 people who don't agree with what I say or whatever. As I said, everyone's got their own trip. But (sighs) this show, you guys, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it from a lot of churches. (laughs) And uh, sometimes you just got to poke the bear, (laughs) You, you know, poke the bear with that sort of truth. You know what I mean? Sometimes that truth sword cuts like a knife. And that sword is the word of God, right? The word of God is Jesus and Jesus is the truth. And sometimes that truth stirs the pot. And frankly, sometimes the truth pisses people off. And so I'm gonna get into it with this one. So just get ready. People don't like being called out. And, you know, truth be told, I don't like being called out either. So there's that. (laughs) But anyway, Today's episode, I'm going to call a lot of people out. And um, maybe that's even you. If you're listening to this, and uh, this makes you angry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I I just got to call it the way that the Bible calls it. So anyway, buckle up. And know this that I'm coming from a place of love. Actually, I'm coming from a place of love. And um, speaking the truth in love isn't always popular. It's not always easy. It's not always well received, but it's always necessary. So that being said, my inbox about ready to be fire. (laughs) Anyway, so when I planned on doing this episode, it was actually a long while ago. And to be honest, there's a lot of episodes and, you know, I usually don't have any problem with being vocal about truth or stirring the pot or, you know, as you know, you know, stirring up haters, whatever. I, I don't care. Um, you know, I think they maybe call it a little bit, a little bit of uncancelable, uh, you know. Um, but that being said, when this subject, I actually started writing this show last year, and I didn't include it in the first season. 
probably because of a little bit of fear of the backlash, but also probably because I had experienced some really real hurt surrounding this this subject, some really real loss of some people that I held very dearly in my life. And so I guess for fear of having it happen again, that people that I care about bounce from me for speaking the truth. I don't know. I don't know why I held on to it so long. But yo, today's the day. So get ready. You know, I am talking about Christians who've been seeking new age knowledge about Christians who are adding to their salvation with a quest for secret knowledge. Knowledge that, oh man, we didn't have this all before. So yeah, let's 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 add to our Christian faith. Let's add to, you know, maybe Jesus didn't talk about it, but you know, it, it's gotta be biblical because it kind of sounds truthful. And again, like I said, when I brought this subject up to some of my good friends, it was not well received. And, you know, I'm a little gun shy a little bit, but man, I gotta bring the truth. It just keeps coming up to me and coming up to me. And here I am in a new state with new friends and the same old friends and now some new friends. And I'm seeing the same false teaching cropping up. And you guys, I can't stay silent. I won't stay silent in the face of all kinds of falsities and untruths. I can't stay silent, whether that be, you know, government stuff, or whether that be this agenda that's being pushed or the new world order that's sneaking through, but not sneaking, it's literally barreling through, although people still don't want to see it. But oftentimes, instead of having a discussion around stuff, it's that people just want to shut me down or shut down people who are speaking the truth or whatever. And when I brought this subject that I'm about to drop to you guys up to my very dear friends, not only was I shut down, but then I was ostracized from the church community. Facebook friend requests, delete, (laughs) unfollowed. And these are people that I mean, I didn't harm them. I just started speaking about truth, this truth, but they didn't want that. But I'm I'm not going to stop speaking the truth to appease anyone. But I'm not going to lie and say that speaking the truth and having your friends reject you for it, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. But about that quest for knowledge beyond what we're called to know, today I'm talking about the Enneagram. I'm talking about teachers, pastors who are mixing the world's knowledge with biblical truths, which make it sound more palatable, but it still is garbage. It needs to be spit out. What? The Enneagram garbage? Oh, I'm, I'm not listening to the show anymore. She, she doesn't know what she's talking about, right? Well, well, hang with me. Hang with me. Just listen for just a second. Oh, Sarah, just, just live and let live, right? To each their own. Don't stir this pot. It's old. It's busted. You don't need to go down deep into it. Yeah, I do. People I love are being led down a road of destruction And if you have knowledge that can keep people from crashing, keep them from being deceived, if you can keep them living for Christ and you say nothing and then they're led astray, (laughs) you know what? That's not how I roll. I don't stay silent. If I see a cliff in the distance and my friends don't see it, my friends don't know, do I warn them? Of course I do. Yo, you know, turn around. There's a cliff. 
Your guys are about ready to fall off that cliff. I don't want to see my friends go splat. No, I want them to be victorious in the name of Jesus. So nah, live and let live. That is not how I roll in circumstances like this. And again, I'm talking about this thing called the Enneagram. Maybe you've heard of it, but maybe you haven't. And if you haven't heard of it, in the last few years, this new age practice has taken over evangelical churches. And I'm talking churches. I'm talking Bible studies. I'm talking women's Bible studies. I'm talking about authors writing books as if it came from Jesus's very mouth. And I promise you, it did not. In fact, the friend that introduced this to me is a pastor. He's a pastor himself. And he came to me super excited because he had gone to another church and sat in this whole conference at another church, you guys. This wasn't some ashram or some guru. No, this is a church, a Bible-believing church who, is te- who taught this to him. And he was so excited. And he came to me, this was a couple of years ago, and he came to me and he said, Sarah, you know, oh my gosh, you have to check this out. You got to, here, take this personality test, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't know what it was. I took the personality test and oh, okay, I'm, I'm this. I'm not even going to say it because it's such garbage. But anyway, at the time, I was actually kind of intrigued. And I was like, whoa, you know, this does kind of sound like me. And little alarm bells are going off. And I'm like, hey, isn't this kind of like a horoscope? No, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not. It's it's totally like ancient stuff. They don't even know where exactly its origins came from. But it it's, you know, totally like, you know, Dead Sea Scrolls and like, you know, biblical, you know, um, Jesus time. And, and it actually totally integrates into the Bible and all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, really? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Let me just read to you from this person's website here who does Enneagram training. This woman isn't a Christian, but you can find a gazillion Christian, quote unquote, teachers of this. And this is a quote, quote from this website, a secret teaching of the Enneagram is ancient wisdom from Babylon. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't want any Babylonian wisdom, yo. That That is not, uh-uh, at all where I am headed down. So if you've known me for five minutes, you know that I'm a rabbit hole diver. <laughs> and I will go down and search and find origins for stuff. And so here's my friend, this pastor, who then is like telling it to all of his friends and his family. And he's super excited. And I'm like, yo, wait a minute. Doesn't any of this ring any bell or, you know, send off any alarm bells to you? And he's like, no, man, this is totally innocent. This is totally cool. Just, just, you know, get into it. Just dig in, man. I totally am finding myself. And I'm like, okay, you know, what? And so anyway, I go home and I start diving. I start diving for information. And it's these nine personality types. And I just think to myself, wait a second. And people are, wow, they're finally finding their identity in Christ of their shadow self. And they're, I'm just like, what? And, and what's blowing my mind is that very few people around me are having alarm bells go off. And I'm going, you know, what the heck? And so I go to my mom, you know, and I'm like, hey, have you heard of this? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, that stuff's garbage. And I'm like, yeah, totally. So I start going down this, this rabbit hole and come to find out (laughs) that it's not some ancient Babylonian wisdom. 
I mean, it doesn't take very much digging to even find the guy, Claudio Naranjo, who is the father of the Enneagram nine types. And he, I mean, there's a video of him on YouTube, for gosh sakes, you guys. Come on, quit being so gullible. There's a video of him and he talks about it. He says, yeah, he took mescaline. He he was visited by an angel of light, which, you know, uh, sound familiar, you know, in 2 Corinthians uh, eleven fourteen, it says that these are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I'm not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Satan isn't an angel of light, but he disguises himself as one, right? So here's this guy who gets loaded on hallucinogens and spirit channels this angel of light who gives him this wisdom, right? How is this not sparking any alarm bells with anyone who's even kind of a believer in Jesus? Anyone who's even cracked the Bible just for a minute? How is this not? I feel like I'm in the twilight zone, you guys. If I feel like I'm standing in a crowded theater and I'm screaming fire and the whole theater is on fire and everyone is looking at me like, Sarah, why are you saying uh, what? Who cares? Literally, I had I had other pastors. I was going to other friends of mine who are pastors who had a lot of pastoral influence. And I'm saying, you guys, stop this. What are, what are you doing? Like, this is crazy. You guys, this is this is the origin of this stuff. And what are you what are you digging into this for? And you know what they did? They did, you know, you know what they they said? They were like, you're right, Sarah, this is wrong. And we totally need to, you know, dig deeper before we start endorsing something that we really don't know. (laughs) No, just kidding. That's not what they did. What they did was they unfriended me and they stopped talking to me. And even I heard through the grapevine that they were totally trashing me and and saying things about me in my life that were completely untrue. (laughs) Yeah, that really happened. And so, um, you know, I was totally devastated, but undeterred that I needed to continue to expose this, this garbage. Anyway, so this guy, Claudia Naranjo, he, you know, channels this spirit who gives him these nine personality types, which is essentially like a horoscope. And when Claudio comes down from his drug trip, after this encounter with this quote unquote angel, right? He becomes this guru and he starts like this new age center all around finding yourself, your true identity. And yeah, sounds biblical, doesn't it? (laughs) Not. Well, actually, it sounds a whole lot like demonic activity in the Bible, but I digress. Anyway, anyway, so this Enneagram, (laughs) it's, it's a cult. It's totally pagan. What's crazy is that some of the pastors, their response to me was like, oh, well, you know, (laughs) the Christmas tree is pagan too, but you know, so what's one more pagan thing to add to the list? Uh, What? First of all, the Christmas tree, the origins are pagan. That's absolutely true. But this one, you are identifying yourself in Christ. Your entire identity is being shaped by this false teaching, and you are allowing it. Anyway, maybe they unfriended me because they could hear my internal facepalm (laughs) just smack. What in the world? I felt like I was living in the twilight zone. And you guys, this was shortly before 2020. And that twilight zone has has only intensified. <laughs> I mean, it was just absolutely insane. And, and I'm sure that you probably have come across Bible studies or books or devotionals 
um, that wrap the Bible in with the Enneagram and how your true self and all this kind of stuff. I'm sure you've come across it. And if you've delved into it, man, knock that off. Repent because it, it ain't good. It ain't from the Lord. And I hope and pray that you leave that garbage behind and that you realize that Jesus is all you need. But the knowledge of more, that really is the original sin, right? I mean, it wasn't eating a piece of fruit. It wasn't like God was like, yeah, I've got this juicy fruit over here. I don't want you to touch it. You can have all the rest, but see this really beautiful one? Yeah, I'm going to keep that from myself. That's not how God rolls, you guys. But the serpent, the serpent lied to Eve and told her that there was a secret knowledge there was a, a secret that God had that if she had that secret knowledge too, that somehow she could have a peek into that secret knowledge and she could become like God too. And that God didn't want her to have that secret knowledge. <laughs> so, so he, you know, he knew how to manipulate. <laughs> and he knows that in each and each and every one of us, or at least in a lot of us, there's a desire to know more because inside of ourselves, we know that there's more. We know that the life that we see, the world around us, isn't all there is. We know that there is an eternal, and we each kind of want a piece of that. We want to peek behind that curtain. And so I get it. I mean, sort of. I mean, even Eve and Adam, they were walking with God in the garden. I mean, they did not have any separation like we have now. And even then, she was able to be tempted for a knowledge of more. So if you've been tempted by a knowledge of more, you're not alone. You're not alone. All of us have that temptation. Well, not all, I can't speak for everybody, but a huge portion of people have that temptation for the knowledge of more. And the enemy knows that. He knew it back then in the garden, and he knows it now. And he knows very easily how to say, hey, there's a knowledge of more. And if I give it to you, wrapped in scripture, maybe you'll, maybe you'll eat this fruit. That temptation for deeper knowledge is not because it's not real, but God warns over and over about not opening doors that we don't know what the power holds behind it, good or evil. Is the Enneagram real? I mean, are those nine types real? I don't know. I don't know. It does come from spirit channeling and otherworldly experiences as the author claims, Claudia Naranjo. Um, and as a matter of fact, it's not ancient. He actually says in YouTube, in the YouTube video, you can watch him say and listen with your own ears, him say that he lied about it being ancient to give it more credence. <laughs> but it's not actually ancient, by the way. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter if it's true what matters is that it didn't come from the Lord. And who is the source? The enemy uses truth. Oftentimes, he uses poison wrapped in a candy coating so that it melts in your mouth, not in your hands. You know what I mean? Oh, boy. Do not underestimate your enemy, my friends. I saw this gal's post on Facebook and you know, she was trying to be the hype crew and you know, get people pumped up. And she said, the devil has no authority. None. Jesus has already whooped his arse and is handing us the wooden spoon to keep the whooping going. Watch out, Satan. The church has authority to throw him down. That's what her post said. And man, that sounds good, right? Woo, I got me a wooden spoon. I'm going to go whooping some arse, you know. 
But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that Jesus has the authority, that Jesus won the victory, that Jesus conquered death and sin, and that in the end, he will bind and cast away the enemy, that it'll be his heel that crushes the head of the serpent. And my friends, we aren't Jesus. The church isn't Jesus. We are the bride of Jesus. We are the children of God. And apart from him, we can do nothing. It is very dangerous thinking, dangerous in the sense of your eternity, to place yourself higher and downplay the power that is within the fallen world. Demons are real. The Bible says the enemy is going to and fro like a hungry lion, seeking whom he may devour and not to be easy prey. Don't think for one moment that you are somehow immune to the schemes of the enemy. You aren't. You know, it makes me think of Shaq, you know, the basketball player, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq came out and, you know, Shaq is very, very wealthy, right? That's not newsflash, right? It's not podcast worthy. Oh, Shaq has a lot of money. Duh. Okay. Anyway, but Shaq came out Speaking about his referencing his kids, he says, we aren't rich, I'm rich. (laughs) He said that in reference to teaching his kids work ethic, that Shaq was rich. His kids, his kids weren't rich, (laughs) you know? Do we need to fear the enemy? No, we're children of the most high God. And if you have surrendered your life to the King of Kings and the Holy Spirit lives in you, You are a child of the Most High God, but being foolish to think that somehow you have authority and that God gave you some spanking spoon. (laughs) First of all, that's nowhere in scripture. It's super dangerous thinking. And my friends never underestimate the enemy. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says to put on your full armor of God every single day. In Ephesians chapter six, that is what the Bible says. It doesn't say, hey, take your spanking spoon. It says, put on your armor so that you don't fall to the schemes of the enemy. That's what it says. We aren't powerful. God is powerful. And we are inheritors of that power. But right now, we are mortal beings. And we need that spiritual armor every day. And I know that I've done lots of podcasts on the armor, but it's because it's very needed every single day. I need to remind us. I need to remind me. I need to remind you of the truth, because you can get into some very, very big trouble going out on your own. Listen, you guys, Satan talked angels out of heaven. Don't think for one second that he couldn't talk you into hell. We need to be on guard at all times, for real, real. And when we dabble in things that are spiritual and not biblical, we have no idea what we are getting ourselves into. Even when we try and, you know, wash something up and make it more acceptable. Listen, I love yoga. It makes me feel so good. I lose weight. And somehow I just have this born ability that I am really good at yoga. My body totally responds to the physical exercise part of yoga so well. And I feel super healthy when I do it. <laughs> I mean, running, we, we all know that ain't me. <laughs> We all know that. (laughs) But for some reason, my body loves yoga. But Sarah, then why don't you practice yoga? (laughs) 
I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says to avoid even the appearance of evil. And when you look at yoga, you realize that each pose is a prayer to a deity, to a Hindu god, lowercase g, a false god for idol worship. I thought, hmm, gosh, I really do like, you know, the practice of it. How can I save this? How can I do these movements, but without the all the evilness in it? You know what I mean? And boom, I come across this program called Yahweh Yoga. And whew, it intrigued me. I thought, yeah, that's it. I'll just change the prayers. They take the same poses, and they just change the prayers, and they change the meditation, right? It sounds good. They change the meditation's focus onto God. Well, there you go. Problem solved. Until you realize that there is so much more to the spirit realm than meets the eye. In fact, our eyes cannot even discern what's really there or even how heavy our actions really are. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in the air, things that we can't see. Spells, incantations, rituals, they aren't powerless. Far from it, actually. In fact, there's a lot of power in them. Not the kind of power you want to tap into, again. But don't underestimate what the enemy has twisted, you guys. This, my friends, is why being in the Word, reading Scripture in totality for yourself, knowing the Word of God for yourself is so important. I talked to someone the other day and... You know, I'm not calling him out. He's he's a super cool guy. But he said to me, you know what? I went to a, a Catholic school and I read the Bible back to front. And there's a lot of stuff in there that I don't agree with. And so I never read it again. And I'm like, yeah, man, I've been reading the Bible back to front and front to back since I was 17 years old. I'm 45 now. And I still learn every single day something new because it is alive. But if you don't study the word, you guys, then what happens? Today I was reading in Luke chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 4, and it's about Jesus going into the wilderness for the 40-day fast. And here we are, it's Lent. And that's what Lent is really uh, based on, although it's not biblical for anybody to celebrate Lent, but what people use Lent for is a representation of the 40 days of fasting that, and temptation that Jesus suffered in the wilderness, okay? And, you know, neither here nor there, if you celebrate Lent, more power to you, <laughs> you know, but, but that's, you know, where the representation for those 40 days came from. And if you read the representation of those 40 days, you know, a lot of times people are like, yeah, Jesus was super hungry because he was fasting. And so, you know, the devil tempted him with bread and said, turn this rock into bread. And, you know, that was the extent. But if you read those passages, those those two accounts, you know, Luke gave the account and Matthew gave the account of what happened to Jesus. You see that the enemy, the devil is there with Jesus. And he is not just tempting Jesus, but he's literally quoting scripture to him in a super real way, like, Better than better than I know scripture, of course, you know, better, better than even the greatest scholar. I mean, he's talking to Jesus about scripture. That would be, you know, me trying to talk to Jesus about scripture. I'd be like, uh, remember that passage somewhere? Um, I can't remember what book it's at, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, Jesus? He would be like, <laughs> boom, I'm going to lay it out for you because I literally said it, you know, <laughs> but, 
but the devil, you know, was was so knowledgeable, so brazen, I don't know, but so knowledgeable that he thought, this is my chance. This is my chance to take out the Messiah, the one who's coming to crush my head with his heel, right? And so he's in the wilderness and he's speaking scripture to Jesus. And then at the very end, you know, maybe leaving out just a little bit. And then Jesus comes back and, you know, in in the conversation, it's really awesome. Luke chapter four and Matthew chapter four, read those chapters. and, And I want you to watch. I want you to pay attention that the devil is cunning, that he takes those scriptures. And if you don't know, if you're not grabbing your two-edged sword, <laughs> if you're not putting on that full armor of God, man, you better have your wiles about you. You better, you know, have your wits about you. You better, you know, get it together. Because this is the one who's coming after you if you're standing for the Lord. Anyway, <laughs> that just kind of blew my mind. And it, you know, got me back on recording this podcast again, also because someone I know is putting together a retreat regarding the Enneagram. And I'm just like, wow, people are still doing that? I thought that was over, you know, like, (laughs) the Enneagram is over, get a new cause, you know what I mean? But anyway, it's not over, it's still happening, people are still getting sucked in by it. And I thought, okay, that's it. I'm putting out this podcast. Because that that apple in the Garden of Eden that Eve had, that quest for something more, that quest for that secret knowledge is still there. And let me tell you, that one apple will lead you astray, you guys, big time. The devil knows scripture so well, and he knew it enough to sound totally legit while trying to tempt Jesus away from Jesus's anointing. And it was just enough of the truth to sound super right on, but, you know, then just enough of taintedness to, you know, that then Jesus came back with, you know, a super slap, like (laughs) he gave him the smack down. Anyway, spirit channeling, worshiping false idols, thinking that you can rebrand them and whitewash them to suit your Christian needs sounds good on paper. But in reality, You can't play with a Ouija board and just rename it playing checkers with Jesus and somehow not tap into the evil spirits that are attached to it. That's not how it works. The same is true when you're using demonic practices like the Enneagram to shape your Christian walk and your Christian life and the decisions that you're making in your life. People are literally shaping their life based on the decisions that they're, I'm a number eight or I'm a I'm a seven with a wing four, whatever ridiculous thing. And they're using it to shape their lives. And if you are a pastor and you are listening to this, and if you or your church endorsed the Enneagram, please repent, repent and turn away from it. Renounce it publicly so that people know to stop falling for this scheme of the enemy. Churches, I mean, if you hired your staff by it and held staff meetings to teach its principles. Yes, that really happened. Yes, and in more churches than you even know, it happened. 100%. <laughs> but if you're a pastor and you allowed that to happen, man, just repent. And as I said, I lost several good friends when I started speaking out against what I saw was this tidal wave of evil seeping into churches and more importantly, into the lives of people that I incredibly loved. I don't know why my eyes were open to it. I don't know. 
but it was like I could see this evil goo and it was seeping into my friends' lives and every corner of church culture. Sadly, I also brought this, as I said, megaphone that I was, you know, shouting to a bunch of my pastor friends and they were either totally into it or they were complacent about it, saying, eh, it ain't that big of a deal. Live and let live. Within one year of that time frame in my life, the government would shut churches down due to this pandemic, right? And I will tell you 100% that the churches who took the hugest seat, the ones who closed their doors, the ones who showed no fight were the ones who I know for a fact had allowed this evil practice within their walls. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's not legalism to follow the Lord. It's not legalism to do what's right in the sight of God. Do you love God? Do you believe who he says he is? then why are you dabbling in the enemy's playground? Because it sounds true? Because you've been able to find your true self? Because your pastor said it was okay? Or because your Bible study had a book on it? Satan knew the scriptures so well that he tried to tempt Jesus himself by twisting it enough. Jesus wasn't fooled, but are you? I hope not. And I can just hear some of you right now saying, but Sarah, why why even bring this up? I mean, why even expose this? Why? I mean, just focus on Jesus, right? You know, just, you don't need to focus on this other stuff, Sarah. Just focus on Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I've heard that from some people like, you, you don't need to focus on this, Sarah. I mean, just focus on Jesus. <laughs> Yo, I am focusing on Jesus, dude. That is what I am doing when I am yelling from the rooftops when my dear friends are being led into the wilderness by the devil. I'm focusing on Jesus and I am trying to help save my friends who are being led astray. Ephesians 5.12 says to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. That means ripping the covers off, my friends. Uh, I mean, even if it helped me, Sarah, how could it be wrong? Yeah, it's trash. (laughs) I mean, even if it has some truth, though, Sarah, yeah, it's trash. Why would you open yourselves up to demonic things when you have all you need in the word of God? In Christ, you are a new creation. You weren't born, uh, you know, wing seven, all this garbage. You weren't born that. What you were born was someone who needed to surrender their life to Jesus. And then the Lord takes your life and molds you into a new creation. You were born again. If you want to know who you are, seek the Lord for who he created you to be. He created you and he called you to do a task in your life for the glory of the kingdom of God. That is your identity. And you won't find it in the garbage that Claudio Naranjo spirit channeled. You will find it in seeking Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah. You will find it in seeking Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth and everything in it, including you and the one who knows every hair on your head. That my friends, is where you will find your true self. That is where they will wash off that shadow garbage self. And in the name of Jesus, you will be set free. You don't need the Enneagram. You don't need tarot cards or angel cards or astrology or horoscopes. You need to repent to the Lord and turn your eyes back to the only star, who is the bright morning star that is talked about in Revelation 22, 16, And that is Jesus. 
The bright morning star. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I dropped that truth. Because that's all that matters. All that matters, my friends, is eternity. It doesn't matter being unfriended on Facebook. It doesn't matter all of the DMs that I'm going to get. And boy, am I going to get them. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait. What matters is eternity. And what matters is that when the book of your life is opened, (laughs) that you're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. And I'm telling you this because I love you guys so very much. And Jesus loves you way more than we can even comprehend. And until next week, peace. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe. New shows coming at you each week. If you have a question or a comment, send them to asksaragrace at gmail.com. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs>